What's up, everybody? How's it going out there in the internet wrestling community land all over Facebook and other social media streaming services? How are you doing? It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, joining you on another Saturday after some sorry Sunday afternoon here on the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. And you know what? I was really excited for a while. I kind of wanted to get on here. I couldn't wait to talk to you about my thoughts about the uh, Hell in the Cell that was last weekend and kind of get you hyped and excited for the upcoming WWE shows, plus some other shows that are coming around the corner in other places. But... Today is just one of those days where, unfortunately, wrestling is not fun. It's not, uh, especially if you're a WWE fan. Now, again, I'm trying to expand my horizons. I'm not trying to just be part of the WWE markdom out there. I really do want to try to bring to you all the different pro wrestling out there, including MLW Battle Riot 3 coming up July 10th and other wrestling promotions and other things going on, even locally here in the beautiful state of Ohio as well. But you know what? I mean, the wind is really taken out of my sails. I'm just really taking too much of these releases to heart and it's really just bothering me and I don't know how you feel about them whether you think this is just business as usual whether you think that you've made an emotional connection with a lot of these wrestlers and you're just as bitter and upset as I am about this uh, let me know on the comments below or let me know on the Heal and Face podcast page because I'll try to check the comment section while I'm rolling through today. But even if I don't get to it and you make a comment, I can come back and circle back and I can respond to it. Not in real time, but at least you'll get a friendly response from me. And you can do that. Really, you can do it on all social media streaming services. You can just look up Heal and Face Podcast and I'll be there. I'm on Minds. I'm on Twitter. I'm here. I am on locals. Uh, I'm really trying to uh, put a presence out there in plenty of different ways, multiple different avenues for you to consume the show. Uh, have not gone on YouTube or anything like that uh, for uh, different reasons. Uh, thinking about you know how to expand and how to grow the product so you can enjoy it and consume it the way you most are able to. And if you are not able to stick with me for the entire podcast live on Facebook, you can also check me out on all audio podcast streaming services as well. So what I do is I just pull the audio from this show and I basically upload it everywhere too so wherever you are you can get a hold of me and you will enjoy it you'll be glad that you did but you know just not just me you know i'm just a little cog in the wheel that is 
the new alternative media. So don't just join me. But if you go and follow what the crawl says, which is go to Heel Turn Wrestling on Facebook at HT Wrestling 316. That's HT Wrestling 316 on Facebook. You can follow all the shows. You can follow my show. You can follow To the Turnbuckle. You can follow Piers Austin and all of his shows. You can follow Billy Alexander at Franchise Takes Five and the Behind the Mic. You can get random live independent pro wrestling show uh, matches posted. You can get interviews from all of the up and coming wrestlers from the international scene and some uh, maybe a few veterans thrown in as well. You can go for news, you can go for information, and you can also uh, find out what we're doing with all of our memes. Our memes are just off the hook. They're hilarious. They're poignant. They're on time. They're timely. They're topical. Uh, they're dank and they're sick. So you should check them all out. Uh, Alcoholic Adam and Leo and those guys, the, the sick dank meme department of heel turn wrestling is here for you. And they do a fantastic job. So we all pull a little bit, you know, when you, you have a behemoth, that's almost at a hundred thousand likes and subscribers, everybody has to grab a rope and pull. And that's what we're doing. So check us all out, every Avenue out, go to heel turn wrestling at HG wrestling three, one, six, but also check out the heel and face podcast page as well. I try to post a lot of stuff there. And by the way, if you're interested, and I know you are speaking of heel turn wrestling, just go ahead and go to the pro wrestling tees shop. Yeah, that's right. We have our own shop on Pro Wrestling Tees. Just go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling. That's ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling. And oh boy, oh boy, what can you see? You can see the finest in accoutrement as far as your favorite fan-oriented, fan-driven professional wrestling podcast community you can get billy alexander the franchise take five podcast t-shirt you can rep the brand and buy a heel turn wrestling shirt with the logo that'd be a lot of fun if you like to go to the wwe thunderdome and pay your money and get on tv that'd be a lot of fun uh alcoholic adams shirt of course but if you want to be super fly, if you want to be suave and debonair, if you want to be the man, you got to wear the T-shirt. And if I do say so myself, the most handsome T-shirt on ProWrestlingTees.com, the Heel and Face Podcast T-shirt. Look how clean that looks. Uh, they're just putting the wrinkles on for effect so you can see what it looks like. Uh, but, uh, but trust me, it is way cleaner than that. So check the podcast uh, and uh, check out Heel Turn Wrestling's page at Heel Turn Wrestling. I'm sorry, at Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, dot com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling. You're gonna be glad you did. Well, speaking of someone that might 
originally have been glad that they had accepted a job in WWE. Unfortunately, now someone has lost her job. There's a bunch of people that lost their jobs in the WWE. And that's the kind of sad news that I'm going to be reporting this week. And not just reporting, but I guess going over it as well. You know, again, like I said in the beginning, in the open of the program, I wanted to come and talk actual wrestling. I want to talk about the stuff I actually watched this week and the stuff that I've been paying attention to. But no, I have to sit here and I have to, once again, talk about how ridiculous the WWE is how thankfully there are communities out there, there are wrestling promotions out there that will snatch them up in a hurry with the quickness and let them wrestle. But it seems that, unfortunately, more people are on the chopping block. And one that was really interesting, one that was kind of taking a left turn, was... The hiring and f- subsequent firing of uh, comedian, writer, producer, uh, sometime actor, and uh, producer. I'm sorry, I lost it for a second. Kenise Mobley. So writer, comedian, producer Kenise Mobley has been released by WWE after admitting she knew nothing about the WWE on a podcast. And there's a million different ways you can take this. So she happened to be on a podcast entitled Asian, Not Asian. And I believe part of the reason why she was on this podcast is because she's um, maybe biracial, maybe part Asian herself. So she was on to talk about this new opportunity that she has. And she was being really open. Many people would say flippant. I haven't actually listened to the audio, so I can't make an opinion. But what I read was um, not disturbing, but just troubling in a way, but not in a way I don't think most people would think. I was talking to a lot of people about this, including uh, my friend who I've been trying to get him on the podcast for the longest time. And I don't know, he's refusing, but he has... uh, kind of a specific take on this and we'll get to it in just a minute but she said that not only was she ignorant of the product but she even made a comment about oh I don't know they've got some guy on there named Bobby Ashley or Lashley or whatever and he's this giant black guy and he's the champ and they've got this thing called the Hurt Business I can't wait to go live and start chanting Bobby Ashley at Bobby Lashley. 
you know that's happening. You know what's going to happen. It's going to happen, probably going to happen as recently as these next two weeks coming up when WWE uh, goes back on tour again. So, look, a couple of issues that are present with this. Number one, they went on a massive hiring spree for writers and they, of course, did not completely vet anybody that they hired because they don't do that because the WWE is LOL, the WWE. And for as meticulous as they are and super planned out and super coordinated as they are, they tend to do dumb things like this by hiring people straight off of the street, having no or little to no knowledge of the product. But here's the funny part. The funny part is the WWE encourages this behavior. They encourage this work environment because they've thrown in, they've sold out so much that they are in an entertainment company that they are distancing themselves from the core of what makes them good and what makes professional wrestling good. And I know I sound like certain retired Southern professional wrestling managers and personalities, but it at least bears repeating and bears suggesting. The biggest fear that fans have, the biggest fear that people outside or wrestlers have in the WWE is is that wrestlers are no longer in charge of the product meaning you know that WWE has been getting points they've been getting points from both USA Network and Fox okay brief sidebar the reason why Fox wanted Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns Hell in a Cell on Fox is because they felt like their competition, Peacock TV, was getting all the extras. So they didn't want to feel like less than from the competition. So they pressured WWE to have a Hell in a Cell match on SmackDown. USA Network basically said, what are you doing? Why are you giving away a Hell in a Cell match? Which, by the way, it's all it's their right to do. You're giving away a Hell in a Cell match on basic cable, our competitors. So you know what? We want a Hell in a Cell match too. That's why we want Bobby Lashley versus Xavier Woods. So that's why that happened. You're getting points from the network. but And here's the, the thing from the WWE's perspective. If this were a show like House that was on Fox, even though it was produced by NBC, or any other episodic TV show, then if it was bought by the network, the network will give you points. Well, the WWE, because it's episodic television, but it's also sports-based, sold itself to two separate networks. And now you've got two competing networks that are pressuring the wrestling 
to be a certain way, to do a certain way, to do things that water down the product, don't make a lot of sense, and give us less than what we deserve as pro wrestling fans. But the WWE is so married to the fact that they are an entertainment company and not a professional wrestling company that they are losing their essence in order to make a big buck. And the releases that I'm going to talk about after this are proof of that. And it's shameful and it's terrible, but it it just continues. But uh, back circling back to the first news story. So for me, this is six of one and a half dozen of the other. I kind of think it's screwed up that Miss Mobley was fired after only working on the job. Like she, I don't even think she actually went to SmackDown or went to the CWC or anything like that. I think she basically was saying all this stuff before she really worked her first minute, wrote her first match for WWE. I mean, don't cry for her. She's very successful and entertaining. Uh, She's opened for Greg Proops and Wanda Sykes before, as a comedian goes. As far as a writer goes, her imprint is all over NBC, which is probably why she got the shot in the first place. Her imprints all over NBC. She was on Jimmy Fallon. She punched up jokes for um, other NBC shows. She's a producer. She's a writer. So she's not going to be hurting. Let's put it that way. But because the WWE encourages an entertainment-based work environment, you're going to get people who have no idea what pro wrestling is, and you're going to hire them. And they've done it in the past before, too. This is not – she's not the first woman. She's not the first writer that's been hired to WWE having no practical knowledge of what WWE is or having seen it before or know what wrestling is or understand what wrestling. And if you look on WWE's careers website, careers page, and you click on where it says writer, they'll tell you that you should understand the psychology of a wrestling fan, yes, but no experience actually in wrestling is required. Okay. So again, you put the net out there, you cast that net for writers and you get back writers who've never watched wrestling in their lives, never been fans. Now, of course, the opposite of that is you're not going to hire every fan off the street. Yeah, a lot of territories were doing that and with mixed results. But she doesn't know anything about wrestling or she knows very little. 
And who out there does? Which millennial out there does? Tell me right now. Any of this current generation that is emotionally invested in pro wrestling now. There's so much more out there. There's so much more entertainment. There's so much more out there to consume. Wrestling isn't drawing people in like it used to. As a matter of fact, wrestling has gone so niche that it's almost regressed to the territory days because people support their own personal favorite local wrestling, which you should do. Hashtag support independent wrestling. But with all of this going on, you're going to get people who you're either not going to, you're not going to hire marks. You're not going to hire people off the street. Every wrestling fan knows, including myself, knows 20 different ways to book the WWE better. They're not trying to hire me, even though I wouldn't go anyway. They're not trying to hire me. They're trying to hire young, fresh talent uh, who know how to write, who have experience writing jokes, who have experience punching up material, who have experience working with live audiences. If you know what wrestling is, great. If you don't, that's not our concern either. So the WWE wants this and then they punish people. Okay. So you've hired this woman to be one of the writers on SmackDown. I mean, could you imagine the cool stuff she could have done on SmackDown with the Usos and Roman Reigns? I'm sure it'd have been pretty good. I mean, that almost kind of writes itself, but the whole reason of, hiring a writer to iron all this stuff out is kind of what I argued with my friend. I told him, I said, well, think about all the cool stuff she could have done. Say she gets involved with writing and punching up the Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso, Jimmy Uso family triangle there. She could probably look back and go, oh, well, you know what? I can draw some experiences because I have a sister that I was kind of competitive with or something like that. Whatever. I'm just throwing out scenarios. I don't know anything about her life. All I'm just saying is that's what a good writer does, takes a realistic situation and rolls it into something organic and making it fresh or whatever. And, of course, uh, not with the WWE because they don't want fresh and they don't want organic. They want to tell the wrestlers what to say, when to say it. Now, my friend was the devil's advocate. He did bring up the fact to say, hey, you can't just walk into a job and not know anything about it. And I'm learning that a little bit, too. Um, as you know, this podcast, I love doing it. I enjoy doing it immensely. But it's also like a side hustle. It's a hobby. Uh, it hasn't really turned into anything too economically lucrative right now. And I'm not saying I'm not pushing that I'm not saying that that's what I want to happen I'm not trying to be like uh the next uh you know Justin LaVar or anybody like that um I'm a little too old to be getting involved in things very very heavily but this is just fun for me and if I can make money off of it in the process good for me so my 
uh, big hustle, my main action, my main drive is to get back to the seven to three gimmick of being an English teacher. That's what I want to do. I have been learning because I've had to interview multiple positions that you need to do a little bit of research about the school that you're applying for, about some of the principals and teachers there. You need to do a little bit of research on what people are saying about the school, about what people feel about it, snoop their Facebook, snoop their Twitter. You need to get to know, go on Wikipedia, learn their history, go to their website, look, learn their website's history. You got to do your due diligence. You got to at least make yourself tertiarily aware of the position that you're getting into. Because guess what people ask? Guess what employers ask? This is one of my number one questions that employers ask during an interview. So tell me what you know about X. Tell me what you know about McDonald's. Well, I eat here a lot. That's fantastic. Next. Tell me about the school. Yeah, I don't know. Can I just have a job? No, that doesn't work. Tell me about the school. Well, I did notice on the website that you guys have this amazing program where you uh, separate a lot of your seventh and eighth graders into family groups and you give them time every day right around lunch to assemble into the family groups and whatever they need to do as long as they're being productive they can have social time uh, they can go over study skills they can study with a partner they can work on a project but there's that time in the seventh and eighth grade day for everybody to be together in a cohort and i really enjoy that that shows that i did the research that i did the homework that i at least have an idea of what's going on in the school and that proves to the employer that i'm paying attention that I am aware. So again, back to my friend, he's, he's of, the, of, of the mind that she probably should have lost her job because not only did she not know anything about the product, but she also kind of bragged about it because that's what we're doing now. That's what we're doing now. Alternative media, millennials, and I don't bag on millennials a lot because I think stupid uh we've kind of set up a pretty stupid world for them right now but one of the things they love to do they love to talk about themselves every opportunity they get back in my day you know here i go yelling at clouds telling you kids to get off my lawn but back in the day we didn't put all this information out there we didn't put all this stuff about ourselves out there and for the world to consume you know I didn't air any laundry, dirty or clean. I didn't say a whole bunch about myself and put myself out there. My mom once yelled at me, uh, told me that I wasn't going to be wearing a t-shirt that my uncle and aunt bought for me because it had my name in the back and crazy people could call me by my name and snatch me up and take me away somewhere. So I'm telling you, we don't we, we in my generation don't put all this information out there. But apparently some of you out there in in the young alternative media world, love talking about what the hell's going on with you. You love talking about what's going on in your world. And unfortunately, this came back to bite this poor girl in the behind because she 
was very flippant about her lack of knowledge about WWE. Again, calling Bobby Lashley, Bobby Ashley, and and furthermore, look, she's a success on her own. She'll be fine. She's gonna land on her feet. She'll she's she's just gonna go back to doing comedy. She'll probably have a new bit now that she's gonna write. I think it's admirable that the WWE was was looking at outside perspectives. I think it's admirable that the WWE was trying to be more diverse and inclusive. Um, four of these, four of the five writers that they hired uh, just to write for SmackDown were, in fact, African American females. And I'm probably assuming that Kenise Mobley was coming very highly recommended because of how closely she worked with the NBC Universal family. This is probably just more synergy. This is probably just like a favor. Hey, Vince, you want writers? Well, we've got a young lady who's been busting her butt in comedy and she's going to become something pretty huge and she's a great writer and we love having her. We love her hanging around 30 Rock. We'll throw you a bone Check her out, hire her. And I'm sure WWE, I'm sure Vince and everybody else, Tony Khan, not Tony Khan, sorry, um, Nick Khan, was probably uh, doing, a, doing a little bit of butt kissing with NBC Universal, playing nice. Hey, look, NBC Universal, we're going to hire somebody that you love. We're going to hire somebody that is on the same page with you, that does a lot of work with you. We're going to try to make this thing come together, daddy. And it kind of blew up in everybody's face. But God bless you, Miss Mobley. You will be fine. You'll be straight. You've got a, a, a huge future comedy ahead of you. You've got a huge future production ahead of you. I'm sure you have a lot of projects that you had to either put on hold or, or kill altogether because you were getting this all-inclusive job with the WWE. So God bless you, and um, you will... Um, You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And of course, and let me put it up there just so you can have it. Um, if you want a supporter, if you choose a supporter, just show her your love. Just go. She has uh, she she has limited access on her Twitter feed. But if you just want to show her some love and just say, hey, you you tried, you know, you made a silly mistake, but you'll, you'll be able to come back. Then there's her website right there. Kenise Mobley. Do not send her hate mail. She doesn't deserve it. All right, sorry for that quick pause. I had to hit the throat clear button. This is not radio, but there's a button that you hit to clear your throat or sneeze or whatever you have to do. So I had to clear my throat. Cool. Well, this is going to be a good place to stop because I promise you this is not going to be, well, not stop, but take a break, I should say, because this is not going to be a, um, a long podcast. I'm just not in the mood. I'm just totally killed, which is sad because I enjoyed main event. I thought that was really great. Uh, but the mood is kind of dead and um, I want to, oh, Oh, yeah, before I go, sorry, I almost forgot. I'll just flip this for you. And uh, and you can and I love uh, following Sean Rassap. I think he's probably one of the best out there for Fightful. You know, no, 
no endorsement. I'm not trying to pub him or anything, but I do like what he, what he said. He just he just wrote that the WWE made the decision not because of fan pressure, which, by the way, the fan pressure was stupid anyway. I'll get to that in a second. But um, that it was an internal issue. So basically what the WWE is saying, according to Sean, is that we didn't let her go because the fans threw a fit because of, you know, what they perceive to be is the continuing dilution of professional wrestling. We let her go because she said something dumb and out of pocket. I mean, that's, that's pretty much the interpretation that you can have there is she was kind of feeling herself. She was a little bit out of pocket when she was talking about this new job. Um, I don't know if she was trying to be funny, trying to intentionally be funny or not. But it resulted in her ruffling some feathers that she probably shouldn't have ruffled. But, you know, so but anyway, like I said, she'll be fine. She'll bounce back on her feet. She's got a lot going on. She's very popular with uh, NBC Universal Comcast. They're, they use her a lot. So um, don't cry for her, Argentina. All right. Well, this is a good place to take a pause, like I said. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the other half of all the releases that are coming. Plus, I'm going to give somebody his flowers before he's not with us anymore. And I know I don't use catchphrases like that from pop culture very often, but I'm going to give him some respect while he's around. So you're watching and or listening to the Heal and Face podcast on Heel Turn Wrestling. All right. Well, we're back. Hey, thanks for joining me on the Heel and Face broadcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling here on Facebook and all other social media platforms. Well, Speaking of the releases, the WWE is just ridiculous. They have gone off the deep end. It's 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 barely fun anymore. And I'm just gonna go ahead and bring it to you. So there was another laundry list of releases, and the sad part about this is that I was building the graphics for the video, as you know, I always do. And I was trying to make it look cool and I was trying to make it, you know, look like, hey, a little eye popping or whatever, eye catching. Uh, But you know what? There were so many wrestlers that were on the list of wrestlers that were just released that I couldn't put up a montage and it would be just easier if I just rolled through them while I talk about them as they pop up. So here we are. The WWE has come to terms with the following pro wrestling talent. Kurt Stallion, Anthony Green, 
Tony Nese, um, Ever Rise, Marina Shafir, Killian Dane, and Arturo Ruas. And I believe that's the list. There might be someone, I'm going to double check my list to see uh, who I might be missing. And it just, it just never ends. It just isn't, it just isn't fun to think about. Oh, I forgot the Bollywood boys. Yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot the Bollywood boys. Uh, so again, let's re reread the list just to re-rack it. Killian Dane, August Gray, the Bollywood boys, Fandango, Tony Nice, Ari Davari, and Tyler Breeze. I cannot believe that these guys were let go from WWE, especially uh, a lot of the NXT ones. First of all, the release of Killer Killian Dane uh, destroys my controversial slash fantasy booking of Imperium. Well, maybe not destroy it completely. I think it alters it a little bit because of uh, Drake Maverick. Uh, there still might be something left to do with Drake Maverick. Maybe he joins Imperium to be the mouthpiece, or maybe they just release him in two days anyway, because, you know, they don't even care about releasing people during their uh, promos and during their matches and during their uh, angles. And we'll get to that in a minute. Bollywood Boys, Fandango, Tony Nese, sorry, and some of these guys. First of all, 205 guys, a little bit curious, probably going to kill 205 and merge it with NXT. And who knows, maybe they'll make NXT a three-hour show and just have the first hour be cruiserweights. Who knows? But those guys are gone. Uh, so much potential. So many good wrestlers there. A little bit shocked and upset about Breezango getting let go. Fandango and Tyler Breeze. I thought Tyler Breeze was a lifer for WWE, pretty much. Uh, came down here, trained by Lance Storm, came down here and uh, immediately uh, was killing it as far as being in he was one of the last holdovers from FCW to go to NXT. Fandango, a guy that, of course, gave pretty stupid gimmicks to, and he still killed it, knocked it out of the park every time. A babyface tag team that could have done more than what they did. Uh, to be able to, you know, potentially have done things with MSK or Legado de Fantasma again just for the uh, NXT tag belts would have been amazing. But what do I know? I'm just a guy downstairs in his basement talking to you about pro wrestling. I mean, Tony Neeson, our uh, uh, Davari, uh, not 200% shocking, but knowing how hard those guys have worked and how Tony Neese has killed it and Davari's killed it as well. Uh, another person, uh, 
Tino Sabatelli, uh, the former football player from uh, the Buccaneers and whatnot, I didn't know he was rehired, but apparently he was rehired and then fired again. So that can't be good for him. Uh, Maria Shafir, again, nothing going on. They didn't really do anything with the four horsemen, and now they don't need Ronda Rousey, so they don't need to do anything with the four horsewomen. And Maria Shafir has gone to the land of continuing to be boring, but at least she can uh, stay home for a minute and care for the baby and, and you know, watch watch the kids for a while till she figures out if she wants to just go to somewhere else, maybe AEW and try to wrestle. I don't know. Who knows? Um I guess the most sad for me is Brizongo gone. Um, the Bollywood boys again, potential presence, energy, enthusiasm, doing everything right. The poor one of them uh, died from Randy Orton breaking his neck. Uh, they're fine now, by the way, just to let you know. Uh, Killian Dane, big waste, big waste of time to sign with WWE. Should have never signed with WWE. If anything, he should have asked to stay in the UK. Um, such a good wrestler, and it's a shame that he is going to be missed. Uh, I don't know. You know, the, the, the WWE is in, the, in danger of just not not making this fun anymore. Okay. They're daring us to watch. Look, here's what they do. They tell us they want to have compelling, emotionally charged entertainment television for us to consume. They want us to get emotionally involved. They want us to get tied very close to what happens to a wrestler invested in that wrestler. But then as soon as they get something good going on for that wrestler, bam, Fired, let go, broken up tag team, gimmicks changed, last minute things are changed. They are not making wrestling fun and they are daring us WWE fans to watch the program. And I have told you before, and as I've said plenty of times on this podcast, I am perfectly comfortable with all my other alternatives to professional wrestling. There is an alternative resurgence in this country, like an alternative wave part two. I lived through the first one, but this is a second one. Everything is becoming an alternative. The technological and information age has given us so many opportunities and so many divergent paths to, to travel on. Okay. 20 years ago, I had to choose to go to WWE if I wanted to make any money or be a success. Now, if I got a really nice camera with a tripod, if I have a recording system, if I have social media, I can broadcast all of my matches for free or for whatever fee that I decide the, the booker I'm booked and can make or what I could make personally off of my own merchandise and I can go anywhere and I can do whatever and I don't need the WWE 
for justification and I don't need the WWE for vindication that I have achieved the pinnacle of my career. How many of the people that the WWE has released over the last two or three years have said that the WWE was the pinnacle of my career that is the stopping place that is where I want to be? That's where I thought I was going to be for the rest of my life. That's what Austin Gray, um, so August Gray said. He, he changed his name back to Anthony Green. But that's what um, August Gray said on his Twitter. He said that I've been doing this, uh, I'm 27 years old now, and the sky is kind of the limit, which it is for him, and God bless him. He actually had a really clever reaction to it. Let me just bring it up here. So he said on his Twitter, this is his Twitter handle, by the way. I wasn't able to post it or anything like that, but this is uh, August Gray WWE on Twitter. He says, tonight's WWE 205 Live main event has just been turned into a Loser Leaves Town match. Don't miss it. I think that's a pretty hilarious way to kind of troll but not troll the WWE. I think that's kind of a nice tongue-in-cheek way to say he's been let go. And even look at 205. Look at, just look at 205 for a second. They have the rights to evolve the promotion. Why don't they, why didn't they just spin off 205 Live, tell everybody it's NXT Evolve, make it the purple brand and just go with it. Hopefully that's what they're, if this is what they're doing, I'm all for it. But Evolve wasn't just the smaller guys either. It was a way for the smaller guys to showcase their talents. But Evolve didn't always have the 205 guys, but I hope, I hope that somehow if they're not going to kill 205 outright, please rebrand it as NXT evolve. And that way you can have people go there and do their thing. But getting back to my original point, you can have alternative ways in which to go about getting your message out there, getting who you are out there. One group of guys who's taken full advantage of it are, all, are our old buddies 3.0, Jagged, Jagged 2.0, whatever you want to call them. Now, they're still at their Twitter handle of Chase Parker WWE and Matt Martell WWE, but hopefully – They'll be going back to Scott Parker and Jagged or Scott Parker and uh, I don't know what Mar uh, Martell's real name is off the end. But this is what I'm talking about. You go and you produce your own thing. You don't need the WWE. You, you have a camera. You have their uh, the background, which they complained about in this video. And you should go watch the video. It's pretty hilarious. They're back on uh, on Twitter. They, they, they made some really hilarious comments about how YouTube wasn't really working for them. So they're trying to, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and just, just sell the whole premise. The premise is, is that they've had to switch networks. They were canceled off of, I have to do this in air quotes, they were canceled off of a network. But the show must go on. 
So they have to sell their show to other networks. They go back to Twitter where they were. And they even made the joke that this happens all the time with shows. Shows get canceled but bought by other networks. Uh, Matt Martell made a reference to um, Arrested Development <laughs> and said that that's one of his favorite shows and they were bought by another network and blah, blah, blah. You don't need the mammoth WWE corporation to be able to put yourself out there and our buddies 3.0 have proved it um, Chase Parker's wife was manning the camera and she did they did mention that she was pregnant so that's not great and you could just see how positive and how awesome these guys are how could WWE have messed up marketing ever rise it's literally falling in their laps only the WWE would screw up having a tag team like these guys. So Chase Parker and Matt Martell are bringing their show back. They don't really have a name for it yet, but it's on Twitter and you should definitely check them out at Chase Parker WWE and Matt Martell WWE. They've changed. I think they've changed their names because you can change your name, but if you change your Twitter handle, you aren't verified anymore. And it really means something to be verified. Lord knows I'm trying to work on it. It's just not fun. And I'm going to reiterate again for the last time, but not for the last, the last time for today, but not the last time, that the WWE is not the stop. It is not the destination. It's not the be all, end all. It is not the pinnacle of professional wrestling anymore um it is a place where you can go you can be around for a little while maybe make some money i mean if what i would do is if I did make it to the WWE as a talent, I would just basically take that contract and just pay off my house. I'd, I'd invest. I would put money in the bank. I'd, I'd get um, I, I'd get Bitcoin. I'd buy a lot of Bitcoin, a lot of a lot of Ethereum, especially right now how low it is. Um, I would uh, definitely make sure that I got paid for my WWE and just to have that as the financial security, because then I wouldn't be so mad or upset if they let me go because, okay, fine. You can let me go. Well, you bought my house, you bought my car so I can drive to shows. Um, I'm sure I could work, you know, my, my stock is going up now. As a matter of fact, I don't know who said it, it was Ari Devari or Tony Nese or somebody said my, my pay window just went up. So if you're going to book these guys, they can say former WWE superstar, former WWE cruiserweight champion, former this, former that. And you can already get a pay, a pay bump right there on the indies. So um, it's not the destination anymore. Alternative media, the second wave of alternative uh media, alternative news, alternative uh, 
texts, alternative entertainment is coming your way. My son doesn't even watch broadcast TV much anymore, maybe for football, but he's either watching YouTube or he's watching Netflix. He's not interested in anything that's going on on network TV as far as he, he has no idea what cartoons on there are on network TV, if there are any anymore. Um, he, he barely pays attention to what's going on. So, you know, that's the world he's growing up in. And that's the world we're in. This is on Facebook. This is on social media. I'm not on a sports talk show talking about pro wrestling. I'd like to be. That'd be a lot of fun, but I'm not doing that. I'm here on Facebook talking to you about pro wrestling. It's alternative media. There's a lot of alternative media that is popping up left and right. You don't have to go to CNN. You don't have to go to Fox for your news anymore. You get it straight from the boots on the ground reporters that are giving you the facts. And there's plenty of places to do that. I'm not going to link that there because I don't want to get too on a political uh, tirade or whatever. But wrestling is the same way. You're mad at WWE. I'm mad at WWE. If it wasn't for the office or Parks and Rec or random things that I want to see on Peacock, I'd get rid of it completely. You can go and you can consume things. You can consume things on Fight TV. You can consume things on uh International uh, wrestling TV or in, in uh, internet wrestling television, I think it's called. Again, no cheap free plugs. I'm just saying, giving you alternatives to where you can consume stuff. You can go uh, to uh, Power Slam, which used to be a sponsor of the show for a while. Uh, you could go uh, lots of different places to consume. You can go to YouTube and watch old matches. You can go to Vimeo or Daily Motion and watch old matches. You don't have to go to WWE. But if you are mad at WWE, I'm challenging you right now. Start going to independent professional wrestling shows. Don't just go to see AEW. If you like AEW, go to see AEW. If you like MLW, consume MLW. I'm a more proponent for MLW than I am of anything else. Uh, go to watch New Japan. Watch Ring of Honor, watch Impact. I have no other, other than to just buy the streams of it from Fight or whatever. I have no possible way to consume Impact, and yet apparently they're getting better. But of course, for Impact, for me, it was three strikes and you're out. So I'm I'm almost completely out on Impact unless it's hugely newsworthy. Ring of Honor. I feel subconsciously that I should get back into Ring of Honor, especially it's been really good. Uh, I forget who, but somebody took a huge beat down to returning Vinny Marsalia um, and uh, his faction now. I thought they were going to come back as a babyface faction that came back and beat the crap out of somebody. Uh, and, he, and he took it. I don't remember names. I just saw what I saw. I should probably get back into Ring of Honor. It's probably a perfect time for me to do that. Don't have to uh, uh, consume WWE anymore. And I wish we could show them that from our pockets and our wallets and not just our voices randomly spewing things on the Internet.
And I really feel like we should just do it from just, I don't want to say boycott because that's a little, that's a, that's a strong term. Just, just to deny it, just to deny consuming WWE material. Like abstain from it. I know it's hard. I know it, it's, but, but don't consume it as much. Don't think that you need to watch it all the time. Maybe that's part of the solution. Of course, since the WWE has already basically sold itself to NBC Universal and Comcast for billions of dollars, and Vince McMahon can now on his deathbed claim that he took professional wrestling to its newest heights, the highest heights it's ever seen. But a lot like Citizen Kane, is he just going to be on his deathbed screaming for uh, Rosebud? or whatever the WWF equivalent of Rosebud was when he finally bought the company from his dad. Well, I feel better. And speaking, by the way, of people who um, worked with Vince McMahon Sr. and worked the territories and was a huge part of that uh, part of that era. I am sad to kind of report this. This is just happening on uh, this. This just came over the wire. So um, former WWF superstar former WCW and NWA champion Paul Orndorff his health has taken a turn for the worse and I'm not going to show you the video you can see for it yourself I'm just going to show you a brief picture. I'm not trying to exploit anything. I'm not trying to uh, get any pops or likes or whatever. I'm just letting everybody know that this is where he's at. And I'm going to try to give him his props and his respect right now before um, something worse uh, happens. I know I've... have said in the past that it, there was a run for a while where all I was doing was talking about the dead wrestlers and whatnot. Um, but here we go. Paul Orndorff is in poor health and he is suffering from, I read two different accounts. I read one was Parkinson's. I read the other was uh, was uh, Alzheimer's. WWE legend Paul Orndorff is in poor health and he's suffering from dementia. So some form of dementia he's going through right now. Um, we wish him the best 
we wish him all the, the luck and health in the world. And I'm going to give him his props while, like I said, while he's around. Um, I'm going to go ahead. And even though I did not get, you know, a full rundown, I'm going to make him the heel and face super star of the week. Mr. Wonderful. Paul Orndorff. Let's go briefly over his career, shall we? And let's talk about how good he was and how he almost, almost became WWF champion. It was probably it was most likely going to be as a heel, but he almost became WWF champion. So let's go over some of his accolades, shall we? Started in the territories in the late seventies in Florida. And he was, interestingly enough, one of those bare knuckle brawler type guys. Like, this is like so underground. He was doing basically bar fight fights, right? Get a couple drinks in you, you pay somebody, and uh, you, you fight him. And the problem with that was, especially... You would, I mean, just could imagine worse than Roadhouse, right? Paul Orndorff was beating people up, like seriously beating people up. Like he was winning these bare knuckle fights in Florida with great ease, by the way. And he was kind of discovered by, uh, you know, he was working out, doing his thing. Former football player. I think he actually might have wrestled too in, um, as a matter of fact, yeah, he was drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Um, so then he was just hanging around and he just trained as a pro wrestler. And despite his physical appearance, despite how huge he was, despite how athletic he was, the, the, the kicker was that he was training with some shooters. He trained with Bob Backlund, Jack Briscoe, Eddie Graham, and Hiro Matsuda. And he knew how to wrestle, like wrestle, wrestle, like chain wrestling. Paul Orndorff would have been a huge superstar in Japan if they would have let him. And he would have been a huge superstar as far as like Ring of Honor, too, because he was a legit tough guy, a legit badass who could fight any any type of way um he was basically discovered bare knuckle brawl wrestling or fighting in bars coming off of the world football league the failed professional league in the late 70s and uh i believe it was Eddie Graham who basically said, hey, you want to come and train as a pro wrestler? Sure, why not? 
So look at all of the accomplishments. He was the national heavyweight champion in Georgia Championship Wrestling. That was the NWA. He was the NWA World Six-Man Tag Champion. He was the Southern Heavyweight Champion. The Mid-South North American and Tag Team Champion with Ted DiBiase, which is part of his end to get in the WWE, I'm sure. He held the WCW Television Championship. He, hold, he held uh, the NWA WCW World Tag Team Championships once with Jimmy Snuka, once with Paul Roma. He, the only place he didn't ever honestly hold any belts was in WWF slash WWE. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, he was the Universal wrestling federation with bill watts you know the the list goes on he was mostly a tag wrestler but he did win some individual belts while he was around for a guy who's supposed to be a muscle head he was pretty good on the mic he could talk he didn't like talking but he could talk on the mic uh his uh baby face promo turn on uh, WWE, WWF TV was pretty great. Um, that was coming back from the neck injury. And speaking of that neck injury, well, let's get into this. Paul Orndorff was in line to defeat Hulk Hogan for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Matter of fact, they were doing business. They, he and Hogan were fighting each other, were working each other. Did a huge program overseas. They did a huge program on house shows. They did a huge program everywhere they went on the B shows, Madison Square Garden, not in front of a lot of fans. But of course, because it ain't ballet, mistakes happen, accidents happen. I don't think Hogan did it on purpose, but somehow. Uh, Paul uh, Orndorff broke his neck while he was wrestling and put him out. And he was the hottest that he could have been. And he still, I think, wrestled a little bit, didn't really care or realize he had a broken neck. But he had to stop. He couldn't wrestle anymore because he had a broken neck. So what do they do? They let him rehab. You have to, right? Well, that killed his push. They were going to bring that feud with Hogan to the national scale. And if I'm not mistaken, they were going to let him wrestle uh, Hulk Hogan for the heavyweight championship at WrestleMania. So dumb luck interferes and uh, Paul Orndorff never got the chance to win the WWE championship like he deserved. Uh, fantastic wrestler, and by the way, I'm not I'm not trying to speak of him like he's dead. I'm saying he was he is a, he was a fantastic wrestler. Right now, he's in very bad shape. He's he's not sure of of where he is right now. I think he's in a home being cared for in a convalescent uh, retirement home. 
but uh, he's not doing well. So if you just want to send some positive energy out there to Mr. Wonderful, I'm sure he could definitely appreciate it. And he is winning our Superstar of the Week WWE legend Paul Orton send prayers send positive vibes send energy Mr. Wonderful's way well and that's the end of today's show I told you I was going to kind of keep it short and uh, here we are <sighs> wasn't a great day wasn't fun wasn't cool a lot of me ranting a lot of me raging a lot of me getting on tangents um, didn't actually talk about wrestling as far as the product in the ring this week because why not, right? Should be able to practice and talk about it. I should be able to, but I can't. I couldn't. It just didn't hit me. And I got to start looking back at the alternative ways. I got to look at the other companies out there to see what they're doing. Maybe that's what I'll do over the next couple of weeks is I'll take another palate cleanse from WWE programming and then I will go and I'll and I'll start getting back into everything. I mean Battle Riot 3 is coming back and on a positive note I was retweeted and liked by most marketable Richard Holiday, TJP and Alexander Hammerstone. So they know the show exists. They know the show's out there. And if they know the show's out there, you know the show's out there. And thank you for joining me today on the Heal and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to the world and the news and information of pro wrestling. Boy, that was awkward. I didn't realize how awkward. That was coming out great. Or it was supposed to come out great, but didn't come out great. So I'm going to try it again. I want to thank everybody out there for joining me on the Heal and Face podcast, a podcast dedicated to news, information, and analysis about the world of professional wrestling, brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Go ahead, check us all out. Check me out, Heal and Face podcast. You can check me out everywhere on all my social medias. And I will be uploading the audio of this podcast to all streaming services. And you can also check me out on Locals, Minds, Twitter, wherever you want me to, uh, want to go find me. And you can also check me out on Heel Turn Wrestling's page at HT Wrestling 316. That's HT Wrestling 316. Thanks, everybody, for joining me on the Heel and Face podcast. This is Steve C. signing out for this week. And as always, peace. Peace.